This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there. They're all free. Uh, as a good talk show website should be. Well, at least hopefully you'll think it's good. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive there, enjoy the various features, and the main feature allows you to control the content of the site. Everything you see on the main page was put there by listeners just like you. You can find out how to do that over at freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Of course, it is the post-election show last night. Much discussion of voting uh, went on on this program, a always contentious issue within the liberty community. And uh, tonight we'll give you some of the the results that are maybe of a little more interest than others to the liberty community. I think certainly the uh, the news media was focusing, as they always do, on how many Republicans won versus how many Democrats won. Yeah. And as you know, if you've listened for a little while or you love freedom, if wh- whoever wins, the, the government right. always the wins. The politicians win, the voters lose. Yeah. So I can't say there's uh, much out there to be excited about regarding which politician uh, got in, but there are certain things like, for instance, the California uh, medical, not medical, but full-on legalization initiative failed yesterday, which is kind of what the polls, I guess, were showing in advance, and it's... It's unfortunate. You would think that California would have gotten that one right. I mean, but they it can is tax California. It. Well, they could have. You know, Not now I, I think that it, it. How many times did it take for medical marijuana to fail in California? That's I a couldn't good question. Say. I don't know. I, I couldn't say. I don't remember. Wayne, were you out there at that time? You know, I think I was, and I think I voted for it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, that's a good question for somebody maybe has a history in Cal- in California to to tell us. Did it have to fail a few times before it went through? Uh, the the medical, or excuse me, not the medical, uh, I keep calling it that. They have medical marijuana in California out there. They t- attempted to do full-on legalization, and uh, that, that did not work. I think it came in at, what was it? Let's see here. It was like 40, uh, it was 40-something to 50-something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, was, according it was pretty 47 to 53 or something 54 like that. 54 to 46%, uh, according to the Associated Press. Now, they're not going to give up. They're going to keep giving a, uh, you know another try the next time around, whenever that is going to be. I think 2012, uh, they'll be pushing that one again. So They should legalize it because it's the right thing to do, not because the government can tax it. I agree, uh, but the... <laughs> If you're trying to persuade legislative types, especially mm-hmm. career legislative types like the folks out in California, then the uh, the perspective of you could tax it is a persuasive uh, suggestion for them. Revenue, which so, they need badly. There, there was some other shape. really good news, I guess, here in our very own New Hampshire. Of course, we are broadcasting from Keene, New Hampshire, and uh, those of us on this program are members, uh, participants in the Free State Project. We made the move here to advance liberty in our lifetime. And the Free State Project hasn't really even officially gotten rolling as far as the official move is concerned. Right. It's supposed to, it's a movement to move 20,000 liberty loving individuals to one state. Once the 20,000th person signs up, then there's a five year window to move at that point. And, you know, if you don't make it in the five years, it's not like we're going to send anybody after you or anything like that. But that's, that's what the, uh, the statement of intent says. Yeah. So at this point, it's a, it's early movers. We would be yeah, early just movers. Just people who are excited and want to see things get off the ground now. And it's exciting. Uh, getting here and meeting up with other liberty-minded people is, a, is just an amazing experience because it's nice to be around other people that understand uh, what freedom is and are not only getting it uh, mentally, but they also are willing to do something physically about it. 
in this re- in the real world to get out and, and be active. And uh, so we've actually had some more success in the political realm, as many were hoping. Uh, last Before yesterday, there were, I believe, four Free State Project participants who were right. elected to political office, specifically state representative. I think there's some folks that are doing little things like uh, – Selectmen, uh, yeah, different that, town boards and things like that. Right. So the, the highest level offices that they've been elected to so far in New Hampshire would be state representative. Yeah. And there were four of them before yesterday. And now there are – I've seen estimates from as minimum as 12. Like I've seen the names counted out. And I saw somebody say it was 16. Dennis Goddard is with us. Uh, he works with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at NHLA, or excuse me, NHLiberty.org. And Dennis, you are kind of um, you know, one of the, the folks that is really the most deeply into the political scene out there. So You know the stuff. What are, what are the real numbers? I mean, is it a dozen uh, Free State Project participants? Is it 16? What, what, what are we looking at? Who got elected? Or I guess don't, you don't have to name names, but how many people uh, got elected yesterday that are actual participants in the Free State Project? So I do have to start out by correcting you. I'm not one of the most uh, active people out there. The people who are really active in the political realm just got themselves elected last night, which is pretty huge. Um, well, weren't you running, as though? Far as the, no, absolutely not. Oh, I thought you ran, I thought you I ran still, this year. No, no, I'm, I'm still pretty new in town. And what I'm doing right now is just getting involved in town politics, what's going on in the town, trying to take care of town stuff, like the big thing I'm really proud of, pay by bag so that... We take a broad-based tax and turn it into a user fee, little things like that. That's where I'm starting with, because I want to run and win. Yep. Um, so the numbers, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of the people that got elected, and some of them are very concerned. They don't want there to be a free state or witch hunt in the, in the House of Representatives. Sure. So you know, what I can tell you is that the number of free staters has more than triple. Okay, so at least 12. Then. And so that's. Yeah, it's, it's more than tripled, and that's a really good thing. Sure. And the important thing is not so much the number of free staters or free state pioneers that we talk about. I think the real number, because we're talking about voting, right? These are people who, for the next, God help us, two years, are going to be voting all the time on this bill or that bill. So the important thing is how, gonna be, how many people are going to be voting our way. Yes. And when I look at that number, it's free staters plus known liberty people who are already in state, of which I count at least 10 complete newbies. Like, they might as well be free staters. They're libertarians in in all but the L by their name. Ten more joining the tripling of free staters that we had previously, um, you know, is is pretty good. Well, and then you include the... And then you include the, what, the two dozen that were there that got A-pluses in the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, and you're talking, well, three dozen, maybe... A little more people that uh, can be counted yeah, on as what's that? Roundabout, and I'm looking at people that are that are new, that never won before, and you know some of them are people who've been hanging around free staters so much. I thought they were free staters. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are people who have run, you know, every year for a long time and got swept in. Uh, one of them is a fellow named Bob Kingsbury, who is awesome. He was. Two years ago, the Libertarian candidate for U.S. Congress, I'm really pleased to see that a lot of guys like that who were running for, frankly, crazy offices just to have a Libertarian on the, on the ballot right. have decided to run for something that they can realistically win, run as a Democrat or a Republican, and actually win. 
Yeah, I don't know why the libertarians even. It's it's amazing the libertarians bother uh, their their Senate candidate this year. I think garnered one percent of the vote. An independent candidate without a party. I was sure going for him. An independent name uh, candidate without a party behind him who uh, creeps a lot of people out actually got uh, twice his vote total. And I think that fellow got a lot of votes because he's a Quaker and the Quakers kind of stick together, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, that does show you that a voting block can be out there even among a small number of people. But yeah, it's, you run as an R or a D. If you want to actually win, you run as an R or a D. And you, you vote just however you would have voted no matter what letter brand was by your name. But you pick the one that you identify with most between the Democrats and the Republicans. Some people think there are some differences. And you go with the one that you're comfortable with. Well, I think and, that's great. You know, but, that's great news. Uh, and so were some of the people that were elected uh, from the Free State Project community, were they re-elected this time around? Yes. Uh, let's see. Of, of the four that were Free Staters that were previously in the, uh, the legislature, three were re-elected. One of them, unfortunately, lost. That was the guy who actually was the first person to get elected. It was uh, interesting that that guy ran in 06. As a Democrat, though, that might have been a factor. Yes, definitely. Exactly. And this shows you the real usefulness of having Democrats and Republicans running. Yep, he that's happening here. Yeah, we're seeing that happen here where liberty activists are essentially joining up with both parties and instituting not only just bringing their ideas to the discussion within that party, but also uh, running as political candidates. If you want, Dennis, hang on. We can come back and talk a little further about this, and then we'll t- uh, talk to you. Maybe some interesting things happen uh, where you live in a pro-liberty direction. Doubtful, but maybe it did. 800-259. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. And we're continuing here, kind of an, an election uh, recap on things that happened Across the country related to liberty, of course, a lot of uh, liberty folks are going to look at the election of Rand Paul as a some sort of a significant event. There's this belief system out there that Rand Paul actually isn't an unprincipled lout, uh, as it appears from the things that he said on the campaign trail. Uh, there's yet to be any evidence to support the, uh, those assertions. Sure it would be nice if all of a sudden he came out to be a shining example of uh, freedom like his his father. He's against uh, the Federal Reserve. That's good enough for me. I can tell you the Democrat... wants to kill brown people. The Democrat that he was running against wanted to kill brown people and is for the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Well, still, nonetheless, it's uh, maybe a little bit of good news. I don't know. It's certainly his uh, supporters made uh, quite a bit of, uh, well, stir in the, uh, the, the week prior to the election. One of them stomping 
uh, with his boot very nice, on the yeah. neck of a uh, a young lady who was a protester in an event. It was horrifying. Well, you know, there was, there was a, there was an event before this. It was an incident uh, maybe six months ago where where as it turned out. That so-called supporter wasn't really a supporter. They were actually... He was a, working for the campaign. Oh, he was? Yep. He, he had a campaign role. Now, again, as I pointed out, uh, you never... This is one of the problems with politics, is you never know who it is that wants to associate with you. I mean, if they mm-hmm. come up and say, yeah, I'm a, wanna, I'm want to hold a campaign sign for you, or I want to... <laughs> the uh, answer's yes, right? Right, right. So, it's and true. then you find out later on, this person's stealing from you, or this person is a thug. Or, or a provocateur. Or, or that it could certainly be a possibility. Dennis uh, Goddard is with us from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, or I guess you're not officially uh, with them tonight, but you certainly are a supporter. And uh, I'm a life member, actually, I think, of the, uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. So uh, Dennis is, is is with us here, and uh, let's address real quick, Dennis. Um, what? How would somebody in New Hampshire who loves freedom, who is running for a political campaign, handle a situation where a campaign supporter or staff member turned into a you know a common thug? What, what would well, happen? I think you treat that the way you would anyone that you know you don't know, but is trying to uh, associate themselves. You say, "Look, I have no idea who this person is. I don't associate with them. I, you know, I." I, I disavow everything they do, and this happened to us before. We've had at least one or two cases where some um, maybe well-intentioned but certainly not well-socialized individual has purported to speak on behalf of the Liberty Alliance and said things that were just you know, not, not acceptable, uh, done so in public hearings even. Mm-hmm. And generally what we do is the Liberty Alliance, like the chair, will, will send a, uh, a message to the relevant people or committee or news outlet or whatever and say, look, we, you know, this person was purporting to speak on our behalf. He does not. Easy as that. It's not a big deal. Also, one of the things that uh, you've got going for you up here, if you're doing a political campaign, especially for, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project where liberty lovers are moving to New Hampshire and in, in, hopefully in droves soon, but in, certainly uh, there have been hundreds that have made the move so far, is that it takes two years. You have to live here for two years prior to actually running for the state house seats. And a dozen Free State Project participants, at least a dozen, just won those uh, won some seats in the state house yesterday. And uh, so you've got to be here for two years, which means you've got to get plugged into both the local uh, community, as you were saying, Dennis, and also the Liberty community, which is uh, quite a vast community. And the great thing is you can make the connections and, and, and get to know a whole bunch of liberty-minded people prior to actually starting your political campaign. So mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you will actually have some personal knowledge of each and every person who is volunteering for your campaign here in New Hampshire because the liberty community is just so wide, uh, but full of, of different people. Oh, and it's amazing. People come out of the woodwork. You know, um, Irina, my wife, was telling me she was holding signs at the polling place yesterday and this lady stopped and talked to her, and they were talking for a little bit, and it seemed like they were agreeing on a lot of things. And uh, Irina, you know, she asked Irina how long she's, she's lived here, and she says, well, we moved into town, you know, a year and a half ago. And the uh, lady says, oh, I moved to New Hampshire just a little while ago, too, and they both supported Ron Paul. And finally, Irina says, hey, are you a free stater? And she goes, shh, yeah, yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> and so this is in our tiny little town of, I don't know, like 10,000 people, not even that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's all over. People, you, you never know. It's crazy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still, I have no idea, honestly, how many libertarians just got elected to the House of Representatives, because there's a lot of names that are new that I don't know. Yeah. And some of them didn't answer the NHLA um, 
you know, uh, uh, questionnaire that we send out. We oh. don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we it's will really find out be- because the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, one of the things that they do that I've never heard of happening anywhere else, and I'd love to be corrected on this, if there is such a, a project that is similar elsewhere, I'd love to hear about it. And and I wasn't asking facetiously earlier for you know, liberty-oriented election results out there from across the country. I just don't really believe there's much to report on anywhere else. Uh, but you, you know, look at uh, look at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance and what they're doing here. It's an organization that's been around for what four four years now, five five years. I think five years. Yeah, five years started by Free State Project participants um, involved people that are New Hampshire natives uh, are involved, and it's a it's an organization that actually takes a look. Amongst other things, they do. They uh, they actually take a look at the uh, the various different candidates. They endorse them. Then, once somebody gets into office, they they keep an eye on every single one of the legislators here, and they create a grading or a report card, basically, for each one of those uh, political uh, people, and essentially tracks their votes on issues of a liberty-oriented importance. Did they vote in a liberty-oriented fashion on this issue or not? And they break that down every single year, and they come up with the grade A through F through and then there's constitutional threat below that uh, that uh, then they release that report card publicly so you will find out who all these people are that won as soon as they start to vote on the various different issues and you'll publish that or the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance will publish that um, on their website at nhliberty.org and that endorsement seems to be golden because you know uh, 105 of the candidates that the NHLA endorsed won and to be endorsed you had to get a B plus or better grade so that's all pretty good. There, there's some other nuggets here that are really interesting to me. I mean, the the dust is not yet clear from the election, but there's another election about to happen that is going to affect a lot, and that is that now these newly elected representatives have to themselves elect a Speaker of the House. Okay. And as it turns out, the guy who I'd say he has a 50% chance, maybe more, of becoming the next Speaker uh, is a fellow named William O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. You may know him as a guy that represented Sam uh, your co-host in court. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. He's he's taken up the audio recording issue as a central issue. Like if he he's pledging that if he becomes speaker, that sucker is going to pass the House of Representatives. Oh, that would be nice. I certainly hope that works out. And of course, with the a dozen plus uh, actual Free State Project participants being elected, it's turning into I mean, just the Free Staters. If you don't even include the uh, the rest of the people, I mean, they're tiebreakers. With, yeah, with numbers like that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 huge, and I I don't think we've uh, quite. Uh, portrayed the stunning victory that uh, that really happened for people to believe in liberty the here in New Hampshire. have never done anything like this. Nothing like this is this is a completely unprecedented occurrence. I mean, you know, maybe somebody can make an argument for two centuries ago, this many liberty-loving in, uh, individuals being in some state body, but this is this is completely unprecedented, and we haven't even covered the amazing things that have happened in the Senate and the Executive Council. Dennis, can you stick with us for one more segment? Yeah, I know Dennis had something else he wanted to get out to. So hang on, Dennis. Uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance here. Uh, Dennis is with us. He's one of their volunteers. NHLiberty.org. We're telling you about all this because New Hampshire is special. It's different. And there's a reason that you should be here. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The uh, program, of course, brought to you by the Free State Project and the Next 1000 Pledge. Um, we've, we've talked about the Free State Project many a times, but the Next 1000, not as many. Uh, Free State Project bringing liberty-minded people all here to New Hampshire to get active in various different ways uh, to achieve liberty. And the Next 1000 Pledge is essentially the same as the First 1000. Mark, you and I are, are members of the First 1000 Pledge. Wayne, did you sign up? For the first 1,000? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're part of the first 1,000 people that have made the move here to New Hampshire. And there's probably about 1,000 people here, officially at least 800. And uh, now there's the next 1,000 pledge, which is at pledgebank.com slash next 1,000. So if you are a Free State Project participant, you have not made the move, and you'll be here, is it by the end of 2011, Mark? I think it's the number, yeah. If you'll I mean, be here, the specific pledge you can find at uh, pledgebank.org slash next 1,000. If you'll be here by the end of uh, 2011, I believe it is, and uh, you, you, know, you can count on that. Or even if you're just planning on being here by then, you can sign the next 1,000 pledge. I think there's a a few hundred people on there at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, go in and support them, help them out. The more victories the Free State Project has, the more successful it's going to be. The we got to push this news out. we have out. liberty in our lifetime. We've got to push this news out as uh, far and as wide as possible within the liberty movement because this is huge. I mean, what we're talking about here tonight is the tremendous success, a success that the Libertarian Party, of which I was a member for many years, could only dream of having. Libertarian candidates around the country, people that purportedly understand what freedom is, I don't know if they really do. Some of them do, though. Uh, the Libertarians out there would love to have ballots, uh, election success, like the Free State Project participants just had yesterday here in New Hampshire. But, you know, also, even though a lot of Republicans won in New Hampshire and across the country, I think that a lot of libertarian-minded people and libertarians also ran as Republicans in this race, uh, kind of in the model of Ron Paul. So I think there's there's probably quite a few of those nationwide. Ron Paul, by the way, this is another because uh, we're looking at other liberty oriented results from around the, the country. And I'm glad you brought up Ron Paul. It's my understanding he won with 79 percent. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to his election. Yeah. Never even thought about it. But you but knew he'd be good. reelected. Yeah, right? thank goodness. Uh, John Dennis, the but, one we supported on this show for so long, mm-hmm. he failed miserably, uh, As, unfortunately, in, you know, in San Francisco. Apparently, the San Franciscans are not concerned. The San Franciscan Democrats are not concerned with ending the war because John Dennis is, you know, an anti-war Republican versus uh, Nancy Pelosi, who is a pro-war uh, Democrat. And yet, the Democrat won. Just so many people are so partisan; they don't care about the issues. Well, it's Sad. it's hard to break people from their patterns, which is, is really why the... moving to New Hampshire yeah. and it's getting mindless. together with other people to bolster your message, to bolster your support makes the most sense. It's the most sensible political strategy. It's the yeah. most sensible strategy for liberty. Even and if it's you're a Tea Partier, I mean, you know, really, what were your successes on a national level? They're very diluted. When you look at the, the level, the victories here in the state, unprecedented victories in the state of New Hampshire, this will be considered, when we look back in history, if, if liberty does triumph, this will be the election that everybody looks at. People will uh, be strategizing about it. Yeah, you shocked me during the break, Mark, because you told me about somebody that was elected. Actually, a couple folks that were elected that I had no idea. I, I just, I just figured 
I'd look at the New Hampshire State House races and I'd ask folks about that. Oh, how many people were elected to the, the New Hampshire State House? And it's over a dozen Free State Project participants elected yesterday. But that's just the, the tiny number. Um, there's, you know, a dozen then, there. There were, uh, you know, there were several. Uh, Dennis, go ahead and you break it down. Yeah, He's, there's a lot more folks that are liberty oriented that aren't Free State Project right. they don't have to. They don't uh, have to be porcupines to be pedigreed. Uh, but I was shocked to find out that uh, liberty, a couple of liberty minded folks were actually elected to the New Hampshire State Senate. Dennis, what's the, the scoop there? There's, there's so, so many great nuggets from this election, but certainly one of the biggest is the fact that a, uh, I believe he's a formal official friend of the Free State Project, Jim Forsyth, he ran as a Ron Paul Republican for U.S. Congress two years ago, and that didn't work out for him, but this time he ran for the New Hampshire uh, State Senate, and this was fantastic. He won. And he won massively. He trounced the other guy in the uh, in the primary. He won handily in the general election. And the great thing about this is, so much money was this, was spent attacking Jim Forsythe. There really? were negative ads in all the big newspapers. He was labeled as the extremist. They actually took and ran nice. an ad, and I believe it was the uh, the Concord Monitor, maybe it was the Union Leader, one of the two big newspapers in New Hampshire. It was a picture of actually Jim Forsythe speaking with a Free State Project banner behind him. I believe he was speaking at a Liberty Forum. Mm -hmm. And it said, you know, Jim Forsyth, extremist. (laughs) And it was all about how evil it would be. Well, what we just proved is that we can elect an extremist Free Stater into the State state Senate Senate on that baby. Of which there are only, what, 25 uh, members of the 24 50? senators. 20, and uh, the, this was the, the huge difference. And I, I have to qualify this because otherwise it's just going to make me sound like a partisan when I say it. But when you, you have to look at uh, New Hampshire as a special different state when you look at its uh, uh, Democrats and Republicans. When you look at a Republican the up Democrats here, here own guns. I mean, just right. give you an idea. The Democrats here are, aren't going to go, generally are not going to be anti-gun. It's just kind of a New England thing. It's that it's that rugged individualism that, uh, that New I England. It's a New Hampshire and Vermont thing, not really uh, Massachusetts. Oh, on that thread, i got to jump in. You know, our Democratic governor, who was reelected in, you know, he was handily reelected. Our Democratic governor is a Democrat who has sworn, he's taken a pledge, never to have an income or sales tax in this state. How's that for a Democrat? You, you pretty right. much can't win in New Hampshire unless you take that pledge. Right. And, but, but unless I, you're in Keene. I want to point out how the, <laughs> the, the Democrats and Republicans are a little, little bit different. Democrats here generally won't go after gun uh, gun rights. Republicans here tend to be sort of, you know, stick to yourself, New Englanders. They're, they're crusty. They're self-reliant. So they're less likely to be so sticky on social issues. Honestly, I'm a little worried about gay, gay marriage, though, Mark. I, I, I am, I'm worried on I, it, too. I, I'm but very I think... worried about gay marriage. I, I'll tell you, I, I'm not going to blow any sunshine on this one. Gay marriage is in trouble. I think that the best we can do, honestly, is bring back civil unions or something like thereof. Maybe we can start the nucleus of something to eliminate um, the state from marriage. But the there downside that would be a good idea. Is, yeah, and I think that's something that we can make some traction start on. Start pushing with all that right out the gate. Pushing getting the state out of marriage right out the gate. If you could win that one, then the, the whole issue becomes moot, and that would be fantastic. But let me focus a little more on Jim Forsyth, just so our listeners get this in perspective. A Free Talk Live listener and financial supporter is now a member of the New Hampshire 
State Senate. Jim Forsyth, for a long time, as has been a Free Talk Live amplifier. I don't know if he currently is, but for a long time, he was a platinum uh, amplifier of this program. I mean, a, a tremendous supporter of Free Talk Live. He's not a Free State Project participant in that he did not move here as part of the Free State Project, but he did move here, and he moved here for more freedom, as I understand it, and then found all of these wonderful Free Staters and other New Hampshire natives that are uh, that love liberty. He spoke to introduce Ron Paul. You mentioned the picture of him at uh, with a Free State Project banner behind and that was probably when he was introducing Ron Paul at uh, a Liberty Forum a couple of years ago. I mean, we have a Free Talk Live listener who is in the New Hampshire State Senate. Just put that in perspective. Right. And, and what the other thing I wanted to point out as far as the Senate goes is that um, there was a huge sweep. The d- Democrat, it was a Democrat-controlled Senate at one time. Generally, here in New Hampshire, and I'm not saying this is a, that you can go by this, it's, it's not a, an ironclad rule, but generally if they're a Republican in New Hampshire, they're going to be more liberty, liberty-oriented than most Republicans, most places, and certainly more than most Democrats in most places. It's it's a it, it makes you it gives you a little better feeling. It, it just turned the tide. It went from a Democrat-controlled Senate to nearly a Democrat-less Senate. Dennis, tell me what else you need to get out. Is there, is there anything we missed about this uh, just overwhelming success for Free State Project participants and Liberty lovers in New Hampshire? Speaking of the Senate, you remember there was a lady that cast the decisive vote against medical marijuana in the Senate. Betsy well, DeVries? She's gone. She has nice. been, yeah, DeVries, she's out of there. And she was attacked mercilessly by the Free Staters, and, and she's gone. Um, there's all, all, uh, a couple of the uh, people that were against uh, homeschooling. They tried, you know, you remember that we had yeah. homeschoolers mm-hmm. had to show up in droves by hundreds. Eight of those people just didn't even try to run. The two that did try to run were defeated soundly. We have victory after victory. You are going to see the next two years are going to be insane. Dennis, you've, as far as I'm concerned, you've proven your case. Uh, politics is a viable option. Now, as long as these folks start voting for liberty, the new ones, the newbies, that is, and I have no reason why they wouldn't because they're Free State Project participants, uh, I think everything will be it They should didn't be an pick up to, to vote against liberty. No doubt about it. Thanks, Dennis, for the update tonight. More coming up. This is Free Talk. Thousands of years ago... From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We do give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our news updates. Be kept in the loop as to what's going on. With Free Talk Live, go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow our updates via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Take your pick. They're all free. News.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. 
Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to Freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I get it. Actually, I get it twice a day, and I I do a lot of my show prep from there. Freedomsphoenix.com. All right. So uh, we're going to continue here, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Got any interesting election results that happened that are maybe of a liberty-oriented interest from around the country? We touched on a few of them here so far. Uh, Ron Paul just getting a landslide victory again for something like, what, the dozenth time in his district in Texas, 80, I think 79% voting for Ron Paul. In Which that is even race. higher than last time, I believe. I think he was in the 73% range you last time. You may be time. right about that. And what that really shows is that, similar to uh, Jim Forsyth, who's a Free Talk Live listener and uh, one time, I think maybe still a supporter, I don't recall if he currently is or not. I donated money to his campaign. A long time. Aren't uh, you an amper if you've been an amper? I mean, it's true. Yeah, he has amped. Just, and, let's yeah. just use the term amplifier to make it easy. Right. Uh, once an amper, always an amper. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, so this guy runs and is outed as a basically a supporter of the Free State Project, called an extremist, wins handily in the election. Gandhi and was shows. an extremist, too. Who? So was Martin Luther King, Gandhi. Oh, yeah. They were all considered extremists. It just shows that uh, if, if you actually take a principled position on the issues and you speak about that and you don't hold back, like Ron Paul pretty much doesn't hold back. I mean, he's 98, 97 percent on uh, the liberty issues. Pretty good. That if you take a principled or relatively principled stance and you don't back down from it, people appreciate that. They appreciate that consistency and they appreciate what it stands for. And the, and they'll, you'll get elected and, and possibly reelected. And, you know, if you if you actually do what you say like Ron Paul does and, and continue mm-hmm. to vote against the insanity in Washington, D.C., then uh, you get reelected over and over again. So uh, it's just amazing successes, uh, most of them coming out of here uh, in New Hampshire. Actually, I don't think there really are any other liberty-oriented successes around the country that I know of. Maybe oh. you do, uh, and that's why I've been, I've been asking for here this hour. So let's go to the phones and the fun and see what you've got to say. Maybe there's something we've missed out on. Uh, Dave is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Dave. Dave? Hey, how you hey. doing? What's hey. on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, night, uh, Prop 19, uh, I could tell you why it didn't pass. Why but first let, uh, First, let me say, the whole cannabis thing to me is not about getting high. It's about getting hemp into the hands of the farmer so that the humans could have access to the 25,000 uses that this plant offers. With mm. that said, I'll tell you why 19 didn't pass. Because the medical marijuana growers, there's over 200,000 of them. They all showed up and voted against it because they're monopolistic, capitalistic pig bastards that want to be able to sell their product for street prices and, and, and keep it away from the common man. It's, it's disgusting what went on in California with that 19, and it shows what the capitalistic, monopolistic, pig-bastard mind could do to such a good thing. And, and, and it, just, it boils my blood. It's frustrating. I, I, it's frustrating because it seems like such an obvious issue to people like us who have already come to the conclusion that you own your own body, and so you should be able to, uh, to put what you want it into it. it comes down to the money. They want that $36 billion a year. That, that's, that's what, Which would go it's down only $36 billion a year because it's against the law. Correct. Correct. Dave, Dave, the only thing I would question in what you've said is that the word capitalistic, because... Uh, Monolistic, capitalistic, well, I is, said. And okay. that's the bad part, man. Right. Oh, the the monopolistic. 
of the corporate the corporatism that's going on in our face the hookup between the government there's a big relationship going on right in front of our eyes of what capitalism and, and corporations man and it's and it's a, they're calling it corp, corporatism. corporatism but it's but it's actually fascism it's a nice name for it and we're going true? for it it's mm-hmm. crazy and and i i just well maybe say, montana will or new hampshire well, we're will going through the way. same thing up here we're going through this all all the growers they call themselves caregivers and that's another thing i want to spit in the eye of the guy who <laughs> calls a plant a farmer a caregiver a caregiver wipes your butt cooks your breakfast cleans your house <laughs> does your laundry that's a caregiver these guys grow a plant that's easier to grow than tomatoes. <laughs> a tomato is, is good right, yeah. for my prostate. Why doesn't tomatoes cost 50 bucks each? These guys are crazy. I'm cr- uh, it should be like homebrew laws. Take the money out of it because of these greedy bastards. Thanks, David, I, for the call tonight. Right. I appreciate the the pa- I appreciate the passion, and I, I can't say I disagree with. I much can't of disagree with anything he says. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I would yeah. quibble on the capitalism term, but I don't mm. like that term either because right. of what it means to people and the the connotations that it has. It was like I was listening to uh, Stephanie and uh, Mike over on Pork Therapy last night on LRN.FM, and they were talking about the term anarchist and whether or not liberty minded people they themselves included, should use it. Mike Barsky was taking the position against using the term anarchist, and Stephanie was trying desperately to defend it. Uh, and it's just, you know, why bother? Why not leave the terms with the baggage behind? I don't think capitalism I really even identifies what I believe in anyway. I mean, even the actual real definition of it, I don't think I'm necessarily a capitalist. I think that I'm a free marketeer. I'm somebody that believes in uh, the open marketplace and people experimenting with different methods of organization for their uh, their businesses and their finances. And- right. A ca- a capitalism suggests one type of uh, you know economic setup, and a free market does not necessitate one type of uh, setup. Mm-hmm. I agree that I think that what I would call capitalism, if I got to define the term, but the listener gets to define the term, whomever uh, hears it. And, you know, I, I think that it all comes down to this guy, Murray Rothbard, who had a great deal of respect. You know, he's well read, well written. He was a, a genius, a giant among men. He created the term anarcho capitalist. And it's like the worst of the worst. I just think it I just think it's the worst of his work. Uh, you know, of all the things he did, this term anarcho capitalist, I, I just feel is a, is a terrible one because I even even if I fit into that category, would be neither. I am certainly don't not a person who doesn't believe in rules. I believe in in rulers myself for me. Um, so you know, and in capitalist, I, I think that I, I believe in belie- uh, making money and all those things. But capitalism has so many connotations of of you know greed and evil despotism to it that it's not a term worth salvaging. To, I to agree. Me. Let's continue with your thoughts. Paul is in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Paul. North Carolina. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I was just calling inter- in in regards to the guy who was on there last night. I don't, I can't actually listen to y'all live right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually listen to the y'all's podcast. Um, Which guy? The guy who didn't. Uh, I can't remember his name. But he he was the one who didn't vote or Sam? believed in not voting. Oh, the host yeah. of the show. Yeah, Sam was with us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I just started listening to y'all's show probably about a month ago and love it. Okay, welcome, sir. So, what were your thoughts? Um, well, in regards to that, today at work, 
people. I work at a physical therapy clinic here in, in uh, North Carolina. Some people today were asking me, you know, hey, did you vote today? And I said, well, no. And, of course, here in North Carolina, the Bible Belt, people think that's, you know, an absolute sin. Mm. And and I, and for me, personally, the reason I'm not voting is because I am a Christian. And I'm not, I'm not going to get on here and preach to y'all or anything like that. That's not why I'm here. Um, I just... My thing is, is I feel like it's like, uh, I think, who was it? Uh, William Moore said, he, you know, no man is good enough to be another man's master. And only I, and me, I feel personally as an individual, I only have one master who's going to be able to, to help me through life. And so if I vote another tyrant in, no matter who it be, on a local level or who, wherever, I feel like I'm doing nothing but creating more of a problem. You know, I, I th- there's there's been several Christian sects, we'll call them, um, that have uh, felt this way in the past, and I, I can definitely see how it is they feel uh, that way. I mean, to me, the flag has essentially turned into religious icon. I mean, people... Oh, people They'll have uh, grade, skid, grade, grade school kids stand there and say a little prayer with their hand over their heart to the to the icon, oh, and uh, you know it's it's crazy stuff. It makes me sick. It makes me sick. Paul, I got gotcha, you. And if you if you feel sick, you shouldn't do it. And I thank yeah, you for the call tonight. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I do it to minimize damage, and uh, I think that's legitimate too. More coming up. You can bring whatever's on your mind. Hour two is next. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of this program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. The number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various different features you will find there completely free. freetalklive.com, in fact, uh, the main feature of the site actually allows you, the listener, to create the content of the website. And you can see what I mean by going to freetalklive.com. All of that stuff there in the main panel of the site created by listeners like you. Story suggestions, show prep suggestions, interesting videos and blogs and news posts from around the web. All aggregated there and voted up or down by listeners like you. So go and get involved at freetalklive.com. 
com as we will uh, allow you to dial in and uh, bring up whatever you want. Last hour, I asked the question, what great liberty-oriented election results do you have to share with us? We talked about Ron Paul getting reelected by 79% of the people that voted in his district. Uh, Rand Paul was is worth a mention. Yeah. I know you don't like him. I got it. He's, but it's just yeah. he's he's better than your regular Republican. Let's just that see what he does. That may be a true statement. Let's just see what he does. I agree with that, Wayne. Let's let's see indeed because I have a feeling that uh, he's not going to be quite the uh, shining example for liberty that his dad was. But I'd be happy to be proven wrong on that one. I just uh, was majorly turned off by his statements that he made that were supporting aggressive war. Uh, that were supporting aggressing against peaceful people that were crossing, uh, you know, invisible invisible lines in the sand. I had some real problems with that. Plus, he wasn't even supporting ending marijuana prohibition. The guy was really. That's weak. not true. That was that, that's not true. That's just something you read on the internet. You did not read a quote about that. That's I not. I believe I read something. He said on... no, not true. What is the truth then, Mark? The truth is he does support medical marijuana. Find me that quote. Oh God, because I got it from I've his campaign it, I've guy. Seen it otherwise, that uh, that it's not the case. So anyway, well, there's uh, yeah. lots of bitter people like you out there that hate the guy. We'll find out uh, over time. I don't hate the guy. I, you know, I thought he was nice until I heard him, you know, spewing hate himself. Uh, so but you're one, not being denying being bitter. Why would I be bitter? Go on. I, I don't care. I mean, uh, he won, so good for him. His opponent was far worse. Yep. Well, this is true. And selecting the lesser of two evils is a common activity when it comes to uh, to casting a vote. And I would, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't do it. I, I voted this year to keep a more evil person out from the sheriff's office here in town. And I imagine the both of you voted in that same uh, same election. You know, I did. And I was really debating yesterday whether to vote or not, because I at all or just at, in that election? at all at all. Really? Why? You know, I I just thought, well, Whatever I do is is going to hurt somebody. Well, you won't hurt them. Right. The other people will. And that's the one thing that I understand where the anti-voting crowd is coming from saying that voting is violence. I think it's not true. I think it's it's disconnected from the violence. It it's can not, be defensive yeah. in your case. I think in some cases when someone casts a vote for it, let's say a warmonger or whatever, that they are – you know they are endorsing violence in that particular case. I think that's that's a problem. Uh, but in, uh, in in the case of where your intention as the voter is to minimize the amount amount of violence that's done, even though you acknowledge that this person will may do may very well do some violence um, in your name, that uh, that it's something that they're trying to do to minimize it. And I think that's that's worthwhile. I, I don't think that's a terrible thing. I don't think that it's violence to attempt to stop the mass amount of violence that could happen from from occurring. I think there are good arguments that it's it's a futile uh, gesture to do just what you say in national elections, elections in the other 49 states, elections in Canada, elections in Mexico, elections mm-hmm. around the world. I can see totally why it is that people say, well, that's futile to try to vote for those people. But um, I, I I will admit to having voted in the national elections, but only because I'm there. I, I, I don't think I would have gone and voted in the national election if it hadn't been for the state election and the local election being held on the same day. Yeah, I only did it because uh, in this case there was a libertarian candidate to vote for and that guy didn't he did worse this time around than he did the last time. Well, it's poor, not his fault. Poor libertarians. Yeah. I mean it's, They try, they really try, but it's just not working out for him. 
800-259-9231. So what do you have to share? What what interesting uh, liberty-oriented thing happened in your area or in your state, a ballot measure perhaps, that we hadn't heard about? Obviously, there was a lot of buzz around California's Proposition 19, the marijuana legalization initiative, which unfortunately did not pass. Would have been great. It would have. Um, that just means it's... I think that that just means there's a good chance that it'll, 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 it'll come around later. I well, mean, I think it's just a matter of uh, I, when, It will not, come around later. They're yes. already gearing up for 2012. Yeah. And that's good. And it also means that we've got two years to make it happen here in New Hampshire, although it's probably not likely to happen that quickly. I, I don't think that that's – I don't think now's the time for that. I think that uh, people, liberty activists should have been working with the Democrats in the, state, in the state in order to make things like that 420 happen. 420 is coming up at the State House again here on Friday this week. Uh, it's happening – it happened on 420, April 20th this year, where about 200 people converged from all around New Hampshire. And in fact, from, some people from elsewhere in New England on the, uh, the Concord State House and smoked out in public right out on the steps of the uh, the state house out in front of the state house and they're going to be doing it again uh this friday so uh hopefully it will become an issue and uh, maybe we can maybe we can see new hampshire lead the way on legalizing marijuana rather than california i figured it would be california i figured it would go it through seems likely but it didn't well there's so, a lot of growers in california like yeah, dave I think, was saying i think dave really point, nailed it uh, right there on its head personally well, if people in California in general were compassionate toward their fellow man, then they would have voted in favor of this, and they didn't. So, I mean, 40 or 50-something percent of them did not. Getting so, hemp production going in this country would be huge for the economy. Oh, it would be an incredible boon. And Dave is absolutely right about that. I mean, that's the real big reason to uh, mm-hmm. to legalize. I mean, getting high is nice, but people are getting high already. It's the uh, the folks that... You cannot grow hemp to turn it into paper and paint and building materials and all of that. You can't do that, and so that's something that, that is, you know that's not being done in the black market. You don't have hemp shampoo that's being made in the in the black marketplace. You can get hemp hemp shampoo, but it's the hemp is raised in Canada. Correct. Yeah. Dr. Paul's stance, uh, this is referring to Rand Paul, has not changed, and it, in this case, is, it, it's a case of sloppy reporting. His position is that it is a state's rights issue. Ah, so he's he's copping out basically. It's on that. not a federal issue. It is a federal issue because there is federal prohibition on marijuana. The, the Fed should be out so of then, it. Okay, then that so, should be his so, statement. End the war on drugs. That is exactly what he's saying. Uh, it didn't really. It wasn't the it's strongest a state's way. Rights issue. Wasn't the strongest way to say that though, was it? You could have come out. It could have come out like you know somebody who actually They're stands a for liberty. Uh, he is a politician. Kentucky. Yeah. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, what is it you've got to share? Let's go to John in Iowa. What if, what's on your mind tonight? This is Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John. Oh, hey, it's it's Jim. Oh, hey, Jim. Sorry about it's, that. It's hey, John now, soldier. Fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I just really wanted to comment on a caller that called in Monday night. Uh, he was a college student talking about his census experience. Um, if you remember, he refused to fill. He kept throwing away the census forms that was on his front door. Yeah, and they did nothing the to dorm. him. Right. Um, well, actually, I I was an RA this past spring. I just graduated from college, and Ian, you weren't being mean about it or anything, but you kind of alluded to and kind of hinted at that RAs were, you know, obedient in a way. No, and, I said they to... they might likely attract that kind of person. They might likely right. attract somebody right. who who wield, what likes the idea of wielding a little bit of power. I'm not saying that right. you were like that. I'm just saying that. No, and I and I and I actually wanted to provide some counterexamples um, okay. because I had a similar census experience. Um, being an RA, but it was the exact opposite, where at the time I was really being inspired by Free Talk Live and trying to, you know, resist census kind of stuff, but then they told the RAs that we would have to enforce that. Oh, boy. Uh, And I, you know, I really had a problem with that, and so I talked to the dean of students who, at the, during this meeting, she admitted she was a 
hardcore socialist. Um, but I told her where I was coming from. I said, you know, filling out the census just gives the, the government my approval that I, that they're controlling my life. Um, and, you know, I was really expecting some backlash, but she's like, hey, you do what you want to do. She was really, really cool about it. I was blown huh. away by how cooperative she was. Me too. Um, so, but she, she said she disagreed, but she said, if you want to do it, you can do it. But mm-hmm. she said, being in my position, I'd still have to enforce um, enforce that. So I sent out an email to all the guys that I uh, – that, that were on my floor, saying where I stood, saying I'm not filling it out, but I may have to come around with a census worker and do that with them. Um, but mm. I was kind of, you know, in my head, I was kind of excited to see if a census worker did have to come, look at the list of who didn't fill out the census, and uh, <laughs> see my name on the list and say, yep, I'm not filling this out. But, <laughs> so what happened? Uh, nobody came, actually. Nothing nice. happened. Very huh. cool. So how the Liberty, uh, how the Liberty Issues uh, candidates do there in Iowa? this year uh actually not too well oh. none of the libertarians happened yeah got, got in that's so. what i figured hey thanks for the call on the story tonight i appreciate hearing from thanks. you 800-259-9231 you can bring up what you want this is free talk live so you want to move to new hampshire for liberty nhmove.info has articles links and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move even job listings Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Lots of features there, all brought to you free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. The dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. You can see them for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, you can get involved over at shrine.freetalklive.com. In fact, one of our Shriners is also one of our advertisers, That's Karen. Right. Absolutely true. It's Karen from Dell Valley Silver. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? I certainly have, and you can actually do that a little bit up here in New Hampshire. But um, Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. Get paid. And um, to promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups out there. Well, it's really just a system to sell people high-priced rounds. You can check out Dell Valley Silver at DellValleySilver.com and get a hold of Karen there and get started today and check out their plan. It is a great one. DellValleySilver.com. Okay, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves here. And uh, so I haven't really heard any other exciting liberty-oriented election news from I've around the country. I've got one right here. I've you been do? Trying, I've been trying. I've been pushing it on you. And what I is think, it? Well, I mean, let me read it to you. It is a, uh, it's, it's a ballot initiative, and it's in really? order to get the state seal of Washington changed. Now, I honestly hmm. don't know if this is true. I just really, really hope it is. Well, you pulled it off the state's website. I know, but it's just so bizarre that it's uh, that that it doesn't seem like it is. Hmm. An act relating to changing the seal of the state of Washington from the vignette of General George Washington as the central figure and beneath the vignette, the figures 1889 to a tapeworm dressed in a three-piece suit. 
attached to the lower <laughs> intestine of the taxpayers as the central figure and encircling the vignette the words committed to sucking the lifeblood out of each and every taxpayer amending the rcw blah 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 and adding a new section so this is an actual act <laughs> that says the intent is whereas washington state has lost a significant portion of of its industrial base resulting in a high unemployment rate our state government continues to grow and spend in unstoppable rates by increasing taxes at a time when our citizens can least afford it. No sensible case can be made for increasing taxes and uh, failing to streamline our state government. Not one of these taxes existed 100 years ago, and our state and our nation was the most prosperous in the world. We had absolutely no national debt. That's not true. And the largest middle class in the world. Um, and, and it just goes on, and it's, it's really... <laughs> I got bad news for you. What's that? I got bad news for you. What's that? What happened? It's not actually on the ballot. It did not make it. Why didn't it make it? uh, They didn't get the signatures. They didn't get all the signatures. So apparently this was a proposed ballot initiative. I see. And it's a cute one. I mean, the idea of a tapeworm being the state's, uh, what is it? The state, um, the 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 seal Basically the seal. Yeah. Gotcha. So like in Florida, the uh, the state seal has an Indian on it, and he's like Second standing Jawir there or something, or something like, like that. Maybe. It's it's a her for certain. I don't know if yeah. it's yeah, it's an Indian maiden, not a, not Sacagawea. Right. I, there's a ship on the New Hampshire state. There's a ship in the Florida seal. one too. Yeah, ships were pretty common back then. Um, so yeah, you know, it would this would be really great activism though. This is a great way to get your message out and use the the voting system. Use the system is, to make fun of the system. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, this I is love good. it when people poke fun at the, the system because it really riles them up. And uh, they deserve to be laughed at, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't know how it works in Washington, New Hampshire. It's very difficult to get ballot initiatives initiatives on. Whereas uh, you know, here they needed over two hundred thousand signatures. That's a lot of signatures. It's not as many as you would need in Florida, but it is a lot of, uh, yeah. of signatures. And it, usually when you've got to get signatures like that, you can't count on volunteers. Uh, no, you've got to just hire signature, uh, you know. Collectors. And it costs, from what I understand, it costs about a buck a signature. If you're hiring a professional signature gatherer. Uh, you could get some people to support this because it's that good of an idea. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's a lot of money to spend on something like that that isn't going to actually do anything to roll back the size of government or anything like that. It would a, uh, it's just a fun thing. I, you know, it, it it would shame them if this happened, and uh, you know, if it got on the ballot, it and it actually passed, it would shame the heck out of of uh, the the, the yeah. people in in Washington. It and might I'll tell pass. You, the people who uh, you know were out of power, the Democrats and the yeah. Republicans, probably the Republicans, especially during this particular election. I think you really could have got it done. And then what would the state officials do? We've got to change the state seal to a tapeworm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you look at the polling numbers that we were talking about before the election with Americans being incredibly dissatisfied uh, just across the board with government in general, that something like that really did, I would think, would have a chance of passing. Yeah, I think so, too. And put a lot of effort in to get something on the ballot in most places. Indeed, they make it as hard as they possibly can. There's no doubt. All right. So 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Wayne, I think there was a couple of things that uh, that you wanted to touch on. Well, there were a couple of bizarre ballot questions on yesterday's uh, election, two of which I thought were quite notable. One was in the city of Denver, Colorado, initiated Ordinance 300. Reads reads like this. Shall the voters of the city and county of Denver adopt an initiated ordinance ordinance to require the creation of an extraterrestrial affairs commission to help ensure the health, safety, and cultural awareness of Denver residents and visitors in relation to, looks like extraterrestrials was cut off. But anyway, that's a bit bizarre, wouldn't you say? 
So they want to create an info center for uh, alien visitors, basically? Is that what that one is? <laughs> that it sounds like what they wanted to do. It sounds like they want to raise awareness because they think there are alien visitors. Probably below the airport there in that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Just behind the mural. Yeah, behind the mural. According to the uh, technorati.com, they did not pass. That one did not uh, go forth. Yes, that Yeah, one this got isn't hammered. really the time for an uh, alien visitor center. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then Five to one margin on that one. Yes, that was pretty steep. And then in Massachusetts, in the 8th Suffolk Representative District, public policy question number four. Shall the state representative from this district be instructed to vote to amend the state constitution to allow Massachusetts voters, through a law enacted by initiative petition, to vote to delegate their powers concerning international affairs to a democratically elected legislative body of a global federal union of democratic nations? That sounds to me like you're selling your sovereignty to some international body. Yeah. What an awful sounding uh initiative that is well for the people that want to uh to to have world government that's probably sounds like a wonderful thing to them you yeah. know one time i wanted that um really yeah well Back i was when you're an arco commie or yeah whatever? yeah pretty much i mean you know it just sounds more efficient doesn't it i mean <laughs> if well you, let's, if, if you think government's efficient right and that's that's really you know some one of the questions one of the places the ludicrous places you can take these things when talking to people as if the things that are good for the people that live in rural New Hampshire is, are, are the same things that are good for the people who live in, oh, I don't know, urban uh, San Diego, then, I mean, you know, that's it just seems ludicrous to me that some overarching authority in Washington, D.C. somehow knows what's best for everybody. So back quickly to Rand Paul and his views on medical marijuana or on the war on drugs in general. Mark, you said that the campaign told you that he was in favor of drug decriminalization or drug legalization, but that it was no. The not campaign to be told, a me, told me that they, issue. that they that they had he had been misquoted on that on that so issue. So their claim is that the Associated Press, when they quoted him as saying that he is opposed to the quote the, he is opposed to the legalization of marijuana even for medicinal purposes that the ap got that wrong is what the, that's, that's the what the claim here is from the okay. um, mpp all right medical more, um, uh, uh, marijuana policy project more coming up here at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line this is free talk live Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, so do enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Features including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I-Wiki.freetalklive.com. Calling all writers interested in journalism and passionate about liberty. 
The IHS Journalism Internship Program places aspiring journalists in media. Participants work in real jobs and learn core reporting skills. Former interns have gone on to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and more. Placements available in print, broadcast, new media, and investigative journalism. The IHS will give you a stipend, housing assistance, seminars on how to to do the stuff you've got to do, mentoring. Just go to libertarianinternships.com. It's libertarianinternships.com. You've got to sign up there for more information. This is for graduate students, recent graduates, and undergraduates. So uh, the final bit of clarification here on Rand Paul and his views on medical marijuana. Mark, I was sent the the same article here that you were uh, quoting earlier by Mike Mino or Menno over at uh, MPP.org, the Marijuana Policy Project, where he actually apologizes for spreading misinformation. I and don't expect you to, though. It was the – oh, well, I'll apologize then for uh, for spreading misinformation. But I'm glad we've gotten the clarification here from, uh, from Mike over at the MPP because Rand Paul, while he may not be terrible on medical marijuana – and this is just medical marijuana. We're not talking about ending the entire war on drugs here, uh, though I would support that, and I don't know what Rand Paul would say about it. Uh, on medical marijuana – According to Mike over at the MPP blog, according to him, he says that uh, Paul's assistant campaign manager was quoted to say that Dr. Paul's stance has not changed, and that is a case of sloppy reporting referencing the AP. His position is that it's a state's rights issue. However, says Mike Menno, when I asked if Paul personally supports medical marijuana laws and would, for example, vote for a bill protecting patients from arrest if he were a member of a state legislature, she demurred. She repl- He's not running for a state legislature. I know. And, uh, it's just to show that it's you know a cowardly political stance. I, I wouldn't, ma- I wouldn't said, answer that question either. Ron Paul Look, would. His dad would. Bartlett said this. Uh, this is his campaign person. You know, his dad takes uh, – his stance on abortion says that he believes that it's a state's rights issue. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right. And I think, I think Ron Paul, Rand Paul is right on this issue, too. You don't think uh, that uh, that Ron Paul would answer the question of that he does not personally support abortion, but that he's, he thinks it's a state's right issue? I think he has uh, answered it in that way. But, I mean, he well, says that's what they're things. asking for. What's your personal viewpoint? She, she, don't be they a cowardly, chicken-ass politician. They didn't ask him. They asked the assistant campaign manager. Look, he's running a campaign. Probably because he's too good to talk to. He's me, running a campaign <laughs> for state uh, – sen- for a U.S. Senate. He should be answering questions about what would he, look what would i do if i was the king of mars who cares it i'm not running for it it, it really matter actually it doesn't matter what he personally believes uh, about abortion what matters is the principles by which he um believes government should be involved in that what matters is what he would do and it does matter um because if the federal government is continuing to enforce their laws over top of the states that have passed medical marijuana, then he could be a part of stopping that. There could be some sort of a, right. A well, piece that of would that would be that would be inclusive in the the way he answered that question, which was he believes that it is a state's rights issue. So that means, consequently, if you read that, that that means the federal government should not be involved in it. And as a, a federal senator, he would vote against the federal government being involved in mar- marijuana and medical marijuana in its entirety. That's what that says to me. The campaign uh, spokesperson said he just believes it should be left up to the states. I'm not sure if that's a position he would take at this time. It's a decision for doctors and patients at the local level. Doctors and patients? Oh, my goodness. So it's not as bad as it it once sounded, but I've told you this before. On uh, on hurting brown people. 
You just hate the guy. No, I don't hate the guy. Why, why, would you, why do you keep putting those words in my mouth, Mark? What makes you say that I hate somebody? I don't hate Rand Paul or any of the other people that are advocating aggression out there. I just think they're mistaken. Look, I'll take my... Um, Where's the hate coming? Where's the hate? The, Please explain. Because you're being unreasonable. If you, um, I mean, oh, the it's reasonable is, to advocate killing brown people around the world? That's you, reasonable? Uh, look, you'll support Ron Paul because he'll take principled stance on 98 or 97% of the stuff. But Rand Paul, who's maybe 92 or 90, uh, 89% on these issues, you don't is like he? him. I don't know about that. I, I, I'm just... We won't know. Until he becomes the senator and he gets out there and we see his voting record. I don't think I would. Uh, I would. Uh, I don't think I would say that advocating killing people around the world is a small percentage issue. I'd say that for me, that's a big percentage. I issue. agree that it's a, it, that that's an important issue and it's where yeah. uh, Republicans tend to fall down. Mm-hmm. But look, if you're running a Republican campaign, uh, Senate campaign in Kentucky, and you you need to win, that I, I understand what you've got to do to to win. I understand. You mean lie. Politicians lie. Newsflash. I'd rather see them lie and do the right thing rather than lie. <laughs> and, and that's what you said earlier, Wayne. We'll see if he actually does but the let, right but thing. But let's right? see. That's right. Because when I, I voted for Ronald Reagan in 1980, and the stuff he said, he sounded a lot like Ron Paul. George and, Bush said he wanted a, a, a non-interventionist foreign well, policy. Well, that's true. But George Bush was Reagan. Reagan appeared to be the real deal. If you listen to his speeches, even back in the '60s when he was speaking on behalf of Barry Goldwater in '64, if you watch that speech on YouTube, mm-hmm. the guy sounds completely libertarian. He even said libertarianism was the heart of conservatism, and, and yet he gets into office and look what happened. It looked a lot like the Bush administration. He tripled the size of the government. Um, cranked up the war machine, uh, cranked up corporatism, and, we, and we're suffering from it now, from the results. 1-800-259-9231. You can uh, take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that might happen to be on your mind. We've got Vince in Indiana. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark and Ian. And Wayne's here, too. What's up, Vince? Wayne, how are you guys doing tonight? Just super. What's on your mind tonight, Vince? I got a, just a brief question. Uh, this uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Bernanke announced a $600 billion, I mean, buying down the debt or issuing mm-hmm. treasury bonds to mitigate the, Bail out the, know, banks. the, the banks for their foreclosure problems, I guess. So another bank bailout has been proposed? Is that- yeah, but they're buying treasuries. According to, I guess, a couple websites, it, it amounts to about a nice hefty tax increase. I just wonder where these new people that got elected, how are they going to, you know, when they got to vote next week, I think on the 15th or the 6th or somewhere next week. Are they putting in that soon? No. The, the debt. no. There's a lame duck session of lame Congress ducks. coming in, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of mischief could go on as well. But, no, we, they won't come in until, I believe, January. Yeah. 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 So, well, so here's another first. thing that's broken about the United States government, and I haven't had a chance to, to point this out, but who in the, the right mind would allow politicians who have been voted out of office to go in and vote on issues right now? I mean, what mm-hmm. kind of absolute insanity is this? Yeah. I mean, there should abs- – you don't think that the, the United States can make it without its politicians from November, the you know first week in November to the third week in January. And mm-hmm. if, it, if it's a problem, move up the sign in the the swear in dates mm-hmm. would that require a constitutional amendment no i i think you could probably just change the rules on when they're in there yeah, the it's just that the ones that that's ju- not in the constitution that information and that those details 
what what details exactly? Like as far as when people take office, when I would think that'd be something is written. In I the believe I believe when they take office would be written in the Constitution. However, you can still kick the politicians out for three months. Yeah, it's like catching an employee stealing and letting him stay at work for the rest of the week. Well, we've caught them stealing and you know countless times. So why in the world new? would you let a lame duck in? There's just no point. Why would we let any of them in? But we, you know, people do. At least they've been voted on. I mean, there's. there's I didn't this, vote for him. I don't care whether you voted for him or not, pal. But what I'm waiting to see is, is really, it's not a matter of what laws this new Congress passes. I want to see him start repealing everything. I want to see him repeal the health care bill. <laughs> that, yeah. You are you a know. dreamer. Well, Thanks, Vince. I appreciate that. I'm dreaming, tonight. but let me let me just yeah. let's just talk about this. What if an ideal situation? What would we want them to do? Go home. <laughs> well, let's have them repeal a few things first. If they all go home, then that doesn't matter anymore. No well, one's laws are still it. in the books. Yeah, but if there's nobody there, then it doesn't matter if the law's on the books. But, of course, they are going to keep coming because they've got the printing press, uh, they've got the money, they've uh, got the power, and they're certainly not going to give that up. And uh, they don't focus on repealing things, Wayne. They focus on the new programs they want to create. They're lawmakers. The ones they want to expand. Exactly. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you dial in toll-free, you can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. And if you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry about it. We've got it right there on the front page of the website. The last week's worth are there. You just click and download uh, right there on the front page. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. All of it free for you. Courtesy of HostGator. That's right, because nothing's free, but HostGator brings it to you. HostGator.freetalklive.com. That's the portal we've created in order to get you your first month completely free of world-class web hosting. Uh, HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easier for you to get your own .com domain name and to create your very own website using their site builder tools and templates. And they're awesome, by the way, Mark. Have you used them? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've I've used it too. I I really don't know the difference between good and bad, but I've always heard good things about HostGator. I've used the tools on competitors, and and HostGator is the best tools I've seen so far. As far as making websites? Yes, all the different apps like WordPress and Joomla and... All, a lot of the other ones. That, that stuff works. Well, yep. whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Get your first month free. 800-259-9231. So you can bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind here tonight. Now let's go a little bit of a different direction from what we've been discussing, which has been all the uh, liberty-oriented election returns. Oh, wait, Mark, was there something we forgot to mention? Well, um, Wayne mentioned something that I thought was important that I for, you know, haven't thought of it until up till now. But Ron Paul, because of, his, because of the Republican change now, will be the head of the, uh, the subcommittee on... Finance. The finance subcommittee. Yeah, the finance yeah. subcommittee. Yeah. And these are the people that, uh, in, in, whenever you see Ron Paul grilling the uh, the, mm. the chairman of the Federal oh, Reserve, so I mean, I love he'll it. be grilling him a lot more as the chairman. 
course, <laughs> all of his grilling has done nothing to stop them from doing what they do, but it sure makes it's, it for entertaining financial television. It's raised awareness. There's a lot more people that realize what the Federal Reserve is now. What, from all the people that watch C-SPAN? I mean, how's that raised well, awareness? Well, at least there's, uh, there's video out there. People can forward that video to other yeah, people. There's true. a lot more people plugged in than there used to be. There used to be dozens. Now there mm-hmm. are thousands. Right. Millions. I don't know about millions of people really plugged in, but I'd love to see some sort of financial uh, reform, uh, elimination of the Federal Reserve, but it's not very likely that's ever going to happen. They're just they're just too entrenched. Uh, the federal government has no incentive to remove them from power, and it's I'm, just not I, bloody likely. I, 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 I'm not saying I'm holding out hope for that. That's the reason I picked up and moved for the Free State right, Project because because can, I consider all the other options to be kind of ludicrous uh, pie in the sky stuff. Absolutely. But whereas I, I don't mind sitting in New Hampshire and wishing for pies in the sky because at the very least I'm doing some stuff here boots on the ground like I see results silver. like and, we actually have a, 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 a kind of an underground economy here where people will do business with one another the liberty activists here on a regular basis are trading goods and services for alternative currencies such as silver and gold and that's I think a much more effective way to achieve a change in the monetary world. At the very least, it's something you, yourself, you can, can do control. It. You can do it now, it, too. It's also a good backup plan for if there is a dollar collapse. There's maybe already when a, there right, will be a dollar collapse. I, I think it's probably correct. I think it, it may be when. We don't know when. But when you have that in place already, it's much easier to keep going without having to rely on dollars or banks. So the uh, just kind of a I guess a related story here. We talked about the marijuana initiative out in California. Proposition nineteen did not pass, unfortunately. I don't know if there were any other medical pot or uh, pot initiatives around the country. If they were, they were certainly overshadowed uh, by California. And so, if you know of any, would love to hear if there was any success out there. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There's news from the S. Uh, excuse me, the McGill University and Lee Center. The Recherche Ferdinand Seguin of Hospital in Quebec okay. and the University de Montreal in Montreal. According to Fox News, THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, increases serotonin when smoked in low doses, similar to SSRI antidepressants such as Prozac, according to researchers from those aforementioned universities. But at higher doses, the effect apparently aver- uh, reverses itself and can actually worsen depression and other psychiatric conditions like psychosis. So for a long time, uh, people who are anti uh, or people who are anti-marijuana or, or in favor of the war on drugs have been claiming that marijuana is bad because it, it makes depression worse. This has been one of the claims that uh, has been leveled against marijuana. It's also said stuff about psychosis. And it would make sense that uh, somebody who is depressed, if they're attempting to self-medicate, that they might go a little overboard and maybe use uh, too much of something, whether it be alcohol or, or cannabis or whatever, to drown as much as they possibly can out their depression. And, of course, we know alcohol is Stands a to reason. That doesn't help with depression. And uh, generally, I think that things, all things in, uh, in excess can be bad for you. So I would probably agree that some bad things could happen to folks. But Would you say that when you smoke marijuana, that whatever mood you're in at the time is amplified? I think that could be a true statement for a lot of people. I think so if so. you're already depressed, it'll make you even more bummed out? 
I think that's a possibility, though, according to this study here, they're saying a small dose of marijuana may actually help relieve depression. Because you just laugh and you'll go to the refrigerator and eat. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it, uh, according to the story here, the study published in October 24th's issue of the Jour- Journal of Neuroscience, laboratory rats were injected with the synthetic cannabinoid WIN55212-2 and then tested with a forced swim test, a test to measure swim test. depression in animals. We call that rat drowning. <laughs> Yeah. The researchers observed an antidepressant effect of cannabinoids and an increased activity in the neurons that produce serotonin. However, increasing the cannabinoid dose beyond a set point completely undid the benefits, according to one of the doctors doing the study. She said in a news release that we actually demonstrated a double effect. At low doses, it increases. At higher doses, the effect is devastating, completely reversing it. The antidepressant and intoxicating effects of cannabis are due to its chemical similarity to natural substances in the brain known as endocannabinoids, which are released under conditions of high stress or pain. They interact with the brain through structures called cannabinoid CB1 receptors. That's right. In case you didn't know, your brain is actually designed for cannabis. It is actually designed to receive cannabinoids. Interesting. Mm. And that's something that I've that Maybe it's just an evolutionary trait of a plant that wants to get planted around and uh, knows <laughs> that the, uh, the hairless monkeys that we are will, uh, will propagate it. 30 years ago, I definitely would have believed that. Just, wait, which, which part? The, the plant? But our part? brain's being designed for it. It's, it's true. You've got cannabinoid receptors, uh, CB1 receptors in your brain. The study demonstrated that those receptors have a direct effect on the cells producing serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter that regulates the mood, she says, because controlling the dosage of natural cannabis is difficult. As she inhaled. Particularly (laughs) when it is smoked in the form of marijuana joints, using it directly as an antidepressant would be difficult, said the researchers. Excessive cannabis use in people with depression poses a high risk of psychosis, she claims. And she and her colleagues are focusing their research on a new class of drugs which enhance the effects of the brain's natural endocannabinoids. So kind of an interesting story. We found that uh, marijuana has other interesting health effects like reducing the likelihood of cancer. I think is one of them, um, or actually, it basically is a cancer-fighting element to some extent from uh, from some of these studies that have yeah. been released. The suggestion is, uh, you know, has always been sort of that you watch out; it'll give you lung cancer worse than cigarettes, and you know, it may not be true. Well, and in fact, just cook it in brownies instead. Absolutely, absolutely, and there's nothing to back that claim that it uh, is worse than cigarettes. Nothing whatsoever. They can't do well. They can't do any science on it because the United States government won't let anybody do science. They on can it. do science in that they can look at people who have smoked marijuana throughout their lives and their causes of death, and, and they they have done those studies and they have found that. If somebody has smoked marijuana and has died of lung cancer, they were also cigarette smokers. And there has never been, as my understanding, a single recorded case of someone who is just a cannabis spoke, uh, smoker throughout their lives dying from or even getting uh, lung cancer and, and dying from it. It's you know, just... a long time ago, probably in my late teens, early 20s, my friend's family, every Christmas Eve, they'd have a party at their house. So I was probably about 20 or 21 years old and I went to the party. And they're all, you know, they're all the grandmothers and uncles and aunts, and they're all boring, and they're all sitting around. Sure. And, and my friend basically baked a bunch of pot in these brownies. Oh, nice. And gave them out to everybody. <gasps> everybody? Everybody. And all of a sudden, this old This is not a nice thing to do, kids. <laughs> I know, it's not. It was terrible. But I mean, then I saw the mood change, and, and I thought, I had one beer, and I thought, wow, what is this beer? And I didn't realize it either. I didn't know. And, oh, wow. And it was, it was completely bizarre. And how old were you this time? I was probably 19 or 20. Okay. So and, you'd, you'd gotten high before then. Yeah, but but I mean, seeing like these 80-year-old ladies laughing and rolling around <laughs> on the floor was oh, just... You've you got to be exaggerating. 
Uh, close to it. Okay. I mean, all gray. You know, yeah. all gray. But they weren't rolling on the floor, right? Just about. Yeah, they Just were really a, having we, a good time. Though. I think I was rolling on the floor, actually. That's great. That's a great story. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's not appropriate to do that. To it's not appropriate because you never want to do that without someone's consent. Yeah. But but just to see the mood and and how how happy everybody was. Funny. Everybody was laughing and. <laughs> It's something you'll live through, that's for if sure. If it's high-quality pot, um, I'm, you know, I, I would think that that would be the result. A lot of people have reactions, myself included, especially to low-quality um, low pot, which is paranoia. Um, you know, it, makes, it makes me paranoid, uh, and it's one of the reasons I am not, not the, not the biggest fan of the coming. world. The commies are coming. <laughs> Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, speaking of the commies... Uh, interesting story out of China with uh, their ghost towns. And Wayne, you might find this one particularly interesting. More coming up. You can bring Damn up what you want. Now. Talk about financial uh, mismanagement. We'll explain. Hour three's next. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Talk live, you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the various features we have there free. The website is on the house. You can enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. Get interactive with other listeners in various different ways, including actually creating the content of the, the main site. You uh, look there at freetalklive.com. You see the different items that have been uh, posted up there. You can vote on whether you like them or dislike them. You can submit your own. It's all been created by listeners like you. Go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. This is a bizarre story we're going to talk about here in a moment. But first to your phone calls uh, about a China, a city in China that essentially is almost completely unpopulated. It's brand new. It's beautiful. It's basically a brand new ghost city. It's crazy. Uh, it's like a monument to central the failure of central planning and malinvestment. Uh, but first, let's go to Matthew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Matthew in Matthew. California. And Matthew going once. Matthew in California going twice. Well, maybe Matthew will try us back. 800-259-9231. Wayne, you're pretty economically... Uh, where guy and i figured that uh, you would be really interested in this one i was actually surprised you hadn't heard of this uh because you're, you're connected but over at the new york times david barboza reports about about a place called ordos in china by many measures this is a resource rich this resource rich city in northern china is a fabulous success it has huge reserves of coal and natural gas a fast-growing economy and a property market so hot that virtually every house put up for sale is immediately snapped up there's just one thing largely missing in the city's extravagant new central district. People. Ordos proper has 1.5 million residents, but the Tomorrowland version of Ordos, built from scratch on a huge plot of empty land 15 miles south of the old city, so 15 miles south of where the 1.5 million people live, is all but deserted. 
Broad boulevards are unimpeded by traffic in the new district called Kambashi New Area Office Build. Excuse me, called Kambashi New Area Office Buildings stand vacant. Pedestrians are in short supply, and weeds are beginning to sprout in luxury villa developments that are devoid of residents. It's pretty lonely here," says a woman named Lili, the marketing manager of an elegant restaurant in Kangbashi's mostly vacant Lido Hotel. She says mostly the people who come to our restaurant are government officials and their guests. There aren't any common residents around here. City leaders, cheered on by aggressive developers, had hoped to turn Ordos into a Chinese version of Dubai, transforming vast plots of the arid Mongolian steppe into thriving uh, a thriving metropol- uh, metropolis. They even invested more than $1 billion in their visionary project. I presume that means the city took taxpayer money, a billion of it, and put it at least a billion dollars into it. This will be a great idea. But four years after, let's build a new version of our city. Fifteen miles away from the existing version, put up a whole bunch of city stuff like hotels and uh, housing and... Maybe it'll work. It's not like it's our money that we're throwing around. Yeah. It's just bizarre. But four years after the city government, but there's more to it than just that. It's not the government that just, you know, put money into this. It's these developers as well who are really, you know, apparently are just sitting on too much cash because of the economic boom that I guess is happening over there. And as they were pointing out, all of the uh, the coal and natural gas that's in the area, these people just had a whole bunch of money and a really bad idea, um, <laughs> apparently. And that is to just create something that is tremendously huge and expect people to just fill into it. It's not happening. Uh, it, well, it didn't grow uh, naturally. They should just pass a law to make people move there. <laughs> Don't give, Don't many give ideas. them ideas. <laughs> uh, city leaders had t- hoped to turn it into a Dubai, as I was saying. And four years after, the city government was transplanted to Kambashi, and with tens of thousands of houses and dozens of office buildings completed, the 12-square-mile area has been derided in the state-run newspaper China Daily as a ghost town, a monument to excess and misplaced optimism. As China's roaring economy fuels a wild construction boom, critics cite places like Kangbashi as proof of a speculative real estate bubble they warn will eventually pop, sending shockwaves through the banking system of a country that for no, the past two years... No, real estate never pop, bubbles, never pop. These people in their... <laughs> real estate's a good investment. Yeah, this it always goes That's pessimism. what they thought. That's what they thought in, uh, in Ordos here. That's what they thought in Florida in yeah. 2004. So they thought that uh, they think that this is you know this may pop and that for the past two years the country's been in the prime engine of global growth. For just Tuesday, China surprised analysts by raising its benchmark one-year lending rate for the first time in nearly three years, apparently to dampen speculation in the property market. The move sent jitters through world financial markets and stocks tumbling on fears that China will slow as the primary engine of the global recovery. And indeed, China has really been experiencing some amazing growth. Over the past, uh, what, couple decades, pretty much? Is that right? Especially the last decade. decade. But but they they still have a lot more going for them because they don't have all the debt that we have. They're printing money, yes, they are essentially planned, but they still have an engine for growth that we don't have anymore. China, the analysts doubt the small increase in lending rates will slow the building bonanza that's reaching even remote regions like this one. Kangbashi was projected to have 300,000 residents by now, and the government claims that 28,000 people live in the new area. Now remember, when they opened up this new city, all the government people moved there. So the government folks basically built themselves a city. Hey, we get our pick of the houses and we can come in and it'll be great. We'll have all these businesses popping up around us and everything's going to be great, except the businesses haven't been popping up and the people haven't been coming in. So the only businesses that are open are the ones that can cater to the government folks. And so the only people that are living in Kangbashi 
according to this uh, Times piece, are basically the government people, their families, and the people that uh, – the, the few souls that are catering uh, to them, like the woman that's running the hotel right. uh, where government people stay. During a recent visit, however, a reporter driving around for hours with two real estate brokers saw only a handful of residents in the housing developments. Analysts estimate there, uh, estimate there could be as many as a dozen other Chinese cities, just like Ordos, with sprawling ghost wow. town annexes. A dozen of them. In the southern city of Kunming, for example, a nearly 40-square-mile area called Qinggong has raised alarms because of similarly deserted roads, high-rises, and government offices. And in Tianjin, in the northeast, the city, uh, the city spent lavishly on a huge district festooned with golf courses, hot springs, and thousands of villas, still empty five years after completion. Crazy. What kind of money? are they pouring into maintaining all of this property that essentially has no one there stolen right and how much of it i have no clue they also print a lot of of money it might seem all mira nouveau riche folly if it were not for china's goal of moving hundreds of millions of rural residents to big cities over the next decade in the hope of creating a large middle class See, this is the problem with central planners is they think they can just create yeah. things. You're going you're gonna to build middle class houses for people and suddenly and they're going to be middle, middle class. class. Doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No, they, they got to... middle class by uh, you know, foregoing things as lower class, mm-hmm. working hard. Mm-hmm. And saving. Yeah. And being able to open their own businesses and, uh, and create new wealth. You don't just create the trappings of a middle class life and plug people into it. That's like the most bizarre backwards top-down central planning that you can imagine. And this is the reality of what it, it, what it results in. Ghost cities. The pictures of these. <laughs> the pictures. I mean, we looked at them. It uh, looks great. Over except the there's no people. Right. It is so vast and so huge, this city. And there's... It's it's like looking at Pyongyang, except much more beautiful. I mean, it's the if you've ever seen the pictures of uh, Pyongyang, which is the capital city of North Korea, it's the only place where they actually have buildings and lights. Uh, <laughs> you look at the pictures of the streets there, and they're completely deserted. Now, in Pyongyang's case, it's because no one is uh, if can afford a car except for the government, uh, the military, and the government people. And so that's why there's no one on the streets there. They can't afford a car, and they certainly can't afford to live in uh, Pyongyang, or they maybe might, might even be allowed to live in Pyongyang. So it's that kind of level of desolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's nothing preventing people from living in this city. They could move into the city if they wanted to. Indeed, people are apparently buying the houses there. Uh, I think it'll touch on that here in a moment, which is even more bizarre as to why someone would no, invest it's, in it's, this. Well, you forget, Ian, they're having a housing boom there. Yeah. So these people are buying. They're just not moving. Right. There's all, this happened in Sarasota, Florida. How many people in Sarasota did you know that had more than one house? I certainly did. Yeah, but the people I knew that had more than one house were renting their houses. There were people there that would rent them. W- when they could. Well, there's more coming up here they about flip, Ordos. They'd flip condos and all, st- all kinds of stuff, too. A little bit more here to come uh, on this here. And if you look for o- Ordos, China, you find these pictures. They're just it's weird. Like every now and then there's a picture of some government worker cleaning a street. <laughs> and that's about it. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Parents of America. 
America, beware! The nefarious brigands known as Yerkish are now offering a free download of their so-called music at yerkish.com slash FTL. That's Y-E-R-K-I-S-H dot com slash FTL. Be warned. Exposure to this addictive, mind-altering rock and roll has been shown to cause frustration, damnation, even sexual deviance. So fathers, lock up your daughters. Mothers, cover your sons' ears and do whatever it takes to keep them away from yerkish.com slash FTL. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can, again, bring up whatever's on your mind tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You will find the features there are free. We've got the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can chat with other Free Talk Live listeners all on the house. It's all there for you at cam.freetalklive.com. So go over there and watch and listen and get interactive. Cam.freetalklive.com. The Cam brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. Not only do they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers at up to 99% off of list price, but they also offer great prices and services on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. All their stuff's in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. So it's been sitting in the desert, basically, in China uh, for four years now. Ordos, China. And it is a huge city, 15 square miles, I believe it said uh, here in this piece at the New York Times, of almost fully completed construction most of the much of the city has been constructed there are apartment buildings there are government buildings there are entertainment center, centers there are office buildings i mean this is a city but no one lives there <laughs> it's really weird except for a few people yeah government, the, government officials and people to serve them right right so what happened is ordos china already exists it's a city of 1.5 million the government bureaucrats there got themselves the idea to team up with a bunch of people with a whole bunch of money to, to spend uh, plus taxpayer dollars and create essentially a new version neo ordos uh, almost mm-hmm. Uh, about 15 miles away from, excuse me, it's a 12-square-mile city. It's 15 miles from the original city. And they created this project with a, uh, at least a billion taxpayer dollars and who knows how much uh, private investment. And they built this city believing that they could create the middle class, that they could just create the trappings of a, of a middle-class lifestyle of a of this city with uh, the, the just and it would fill in with the people that uh, that should be there but it hasn't panned out that way uh, in fact the only people living there as you pointed out Wayne are the actual government folks that moved from the other city because now they have a whole brand new city to themselves basically. you know if you would have gone in and said this was going to happen ahead of time and you know anybody who understands economics uh, real economics would would have told them that they would have just called you a, a negative Nancy you know oh, yeah whatever well who wouldn't want to live in such a beautiful new city apparently nobody. Uh, so there's more to the story here. Uh, cranes are everywhere. This, this, even though it has been sitting virtually empty for years now, years. they're still constructing. There's still new building going on here. People haven't thrown in the towel and said, screw this, because people are still actually buying these uh, apartments or the, uh, the condos. A similar the thing happened in Dubai, by the way. What do you mean? Well, the city of Dubai is in the United 
Arab Emirates, and it was the same thing. They put all this money into this place. It's, it's like Disneyland on steroids to live in, and it, the whole thing collapsed, and a lot of people had to move out of there, and a lot of the people who were promised work to build this thing became indentured servants. A lot of them are in jail because they got into debt. They bought property there, and then they couldn't pay it back when the thing collapsed, mm. and they're in jail uh, awaiting you know release. Some of them were in jail for a year or two because they couldn't pay their debts. They couldn't pay their mortgage anymore. Well, Dubai may be messed up, but at least in Dubai, they don't have a, they don't have taxes, do they? I don't think so, but, you know... Uh, and there are people that live in Dubai. Like, it's an actual city. Yes, but it, but it's emptying. It's been emptying very quickly mm-hmm. now. Because it, I have heard that, too, that there's just a lot of debt. And I guess you can go to prison for debt over there, so obviously people leave. You can go to leave. prison for, a, a, like, a, a gram of marijuana or it's less. A, a different situation. Or having sex with, sex with someone you're not married to? China's national government has struggled to rein in soaring property prices and stem the well, threat of... Why would of anyone in- want to do that? I don't know. Stem <laughs> the threat of inflation. Now, that's an, that is a mistaken uh, phrase, isn't it? To stem the... Th- the government can't stem the threat <laughs> right. of inflation. It can either inflate or not. And you don't just you don't that statement right there suggests the article the guy that wrote the article believes inflation is a rise in prices right I guess that's all mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean that's not I think what inflation people is. generally believe that that's not true inflation is an increase in the money supply a rise in prices is a symptom of inflation it tends to be what happens when the money supply increases because more dollars are chasing the same amount of goods. Uh, but nonetheless, even as ambitious local officials continue to draw up blueprints for new megacities, as we mentioned earlier, there may be a dozen cities like this across China where they've essentially created this city and no one's moving in. <laughs> a uh, Patrick Shunovec, who teaches business at Tsinghua University in Beijing, says people are using real estate as an investment, as a place to store cash. They treat it like gold. They're stockpiling empty units. This is going on in cities of virtually every size. And real estate is not like gold. Is it? Well, it, it probably would be more like it if it wasn't for the fact that the government's involved so deeply. The gold doesn't tax the, the government doesn't tax you annually on your gold. This is a good point, but also uh, gold is in higher demand in this case. Like right you know, now, the, there's a short supply of gold, and there's not really a short supply of real estate in this case. They just real estate's a lot it. like gold in that it's a commodity. Unfortunately, the government taxes that commodity, and and you know that's that's a real problem. That, right, but if you create more real estate than there is demand for it in the marketplace, then you don't have much of a, a commodity anymore, right? I mean, it's not really worth anything if you build too much of it, whereas a, gold is much more restricted in its amount of supply. It's more liquid, too, and there's no taxes on it. There's no upkeep costs on it unless you store it somewhere. Here in Ordos, in northern China's sparsely populated Inner Mongolian region, there is little second-guessing. Cranes are everywhere as construction moves ahead on a $450 million financial district in Kambashi, a site that will feature six high-rise office towers. Property development here is so hot, last year housing sales in Ordos reached $2.4 billion, up from $100 million in 2004, according to the government. During that span, the average square foot price of commercial and residential property rose by 260% to $53 uh, per square foot. Li Hong, governmental official, said during a recent tour of the city, the city, this is a city of the future. We are going to build this. <laughs> All of them will be empty soon. <laughs> we are going to build this into a center of politics, culture, and technology. That is our dream. But the future has not yet arrived, despite his best efforts to persuade a visitor otherwise. <laughs> a visitor. Uh, he said one afternoon, you can see there's real energy here. Looking out onto the Mile Square Town Commons, even though only a few dozen people, presumably government workers, could be seen on this vast square where the towering bronze sculptures honor the Mongolian warrior, uh, warrior Genghis Khan. 
The vacant the Angus <laughs> Khan has a statue. There's a statue to the northern uh, northern troops here in Keene, New Hampshire. People love statues to killers. The vacant amenities surrounding the square included a theater, opera house, and an art museum. Only a few minutes earlier, Lee Hong escorted a reporter through an empty 500,000-square-foot convention center and 12-story office tower that had dark hallways, locked doors, and just a few scattered souls. The media, who was who said this was a ghost town, came and took photographs at 6 or 7 in the evening, he said, noting that many government workers continue to commute from the old town because of the lack of stores and restaurants in the new area. See, if they'd just been there at noon and taken their photos, then it would have been a bustling mass of government bureaucrats running around. <laughs> you know, uh, they mentioned this convention center here, and again, that's from the uh, New York Times. They mentioned this convention center, 500,000 square foot convention center, and you can find examples of this here in the United States where a city government will get it in their head that our city should have a convention center. We can attract all this business. In fact, I think the city of Keene is actually looking at doing this oh now. Oh, boy. And uh, almost always, it's it's almost completely empty throughout most of the year, and it's it runs in the red. This, right. this is the convention center idea written on a city's scale. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there totally free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by SACL CAI. Yep, SACL CAI. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but do you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, our toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231, and uh, you can, of course, bring up anything. Government 2.0. I was looking for more information about this guy that put together the government is great, or excuse me, government is Wait, what good. was it? No, it wasn't government is good. It was something else. Government is like really cool or something like that. They had this little counter uh, protest at the uh, this weekend's rally to restore government sanity. Government doesn't suck. Government doesn't suck. That's what it was. Uh, so they, it was just an amazing story about how government bureaucrats there in Washington, D.C. must be feeling some kind of pressure. They must be feeling uh, a little bit of ostracism, perhaps, from within their friends, or maybe they're getting razzed a little too much about working for the government and being you know, bureaucrats. And so they created and this— getting paid way too much money. Yeah. Uh, and so they created this government doesn't suck rally to, to hold simultaneously with the, uh, with the, the 
rally to restore sanity, uh, which went on over the weekend, which I heard was a lot of fun, by the way. Has sanity been restored? Oh, no, of course not. I mean, did anybody really think it would be? No. In fact, when was uh, sanity in Washington, D.C. in the first place? That's I what I'd know. like to know. I don't think it ever was because it's insane to use force against your peaceful neighbors. And that's what Washington, D.C. has always been based on. It's always been based on aggression, uh, aggressive force being used against our, our uh, peaceful neighbors. And that's that's wrong and it's insane. So... That aside, I just thought it was interesting, this government, uh, pro-government rally, government is, uh, what was it? Government is government doesn't suck. Government doesn't suck, right. The government doesn't suck rally. I was looking up the, the, the guy that was, or the organizer of that, uh, that particular rally, because I wanted to see if there was more out there. I was trying to see if there was a follow-up piece regarding uh, that to see how successful it was or, or what went on with it, because I hadn't heard anything else about mm-hmm. it since the original uh, promotion of it. Brett from the School Sucks podcast actually shot me an email. We were emailing about something else, and he mentioned that he actually called this guy, the guy that runs the GovLoop website, govloop.com or .org, one or the other. It's a website that is essentially a social networking site for government employees, so at all levels – uh, world government, uh, federal government, state government, local government. You, If you're a government employee, you can have an account on this social networking website. And this is the guy that put together the government doesn't suck uh, protest. Who and, doesn't work for the government any longer. Correct. Quit. <laughs> so he could put together his website and, right. you know, and actually money participate the in the free marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Brett from the School Sucks podcast at schoolsucksproject.com, for whatever reason, just decided to call this guy up. I'm going to give this guy a ring. Yeah, and I guess they spent a half an hour on the phone talking about – Brett was talking about the voluntary society. And I don't know you know, how that went or how amicable the guy was to the ideas, but he spent a half an hour on the phone with him. That's a good sign, right? Interesting, if nothing, uh, nothing else. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And so kind of as I was digging around here looking for more information about the, this guy who, uh, who created the GovLoop website, I came across Government 2.0. Which is, I guess, one of the ideas that he's out there promoting. And this is a story from the... I'm ep- all for Government 2.0. Let's try something new in this area. The epic... <laughs> something new besides aggressing against people? Well, yeah, I, I think that that would be a, a good place to start. Somehow, I doubt that's in the, the, uh, the game plan here. I understand. This is the problem with uh, revamping the government. It's never you that gets to design it. Joshua Phillip at the Epic Times reporting. In the days before the Obama administration, many government websites were terrible. The sites were difficult to navigate, were poorly designed, and were highly impersonal. As soon as President Obama took office, however, a change took place. The White House website received a makeover, and other branches soon followed. Now anyone can follow the U.S. Army on Twitter, watch State Department press conferences on YouTube. Boy, that's got to be exciting. Well, you can get lied to by the Army on on a daily basis. Or keep up with the president's daily routine through the White House blog. This was the beginning of sweeping implementations that were discussed in politics for years, and the beginning of a trend that is saving millions of dollars for governments around the world. World through e-governance or government 2.0 the technology allowed governments to reach out to individuals directly bringing an instantaneous two-way information flow that allows for instant feedback and new possibilities to solve pressing issues you people suck stop threatening me hey they're listening now now that they have <laughs> no, twitter not. now they are listening you can fe- give them feedback and Oh, well, you could always call them and write them for years, so now you can post a message on you know, some website somewhere. And I don't know about you, but every government YouTube post I've ever seen always has the comments restricted. So I'm not <laughs> sure. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I missed all the, uh, the open commenting sections yeah. that they supposedly have. 
Uh, There was that thing that Obama did where he took questions online from people and was going to respond to the most popular ones. You remember that, where the number one most popular question was, uh, what about legalizing marijuana? And he basically kicked it back in everyone's face and said, yeah, screw you. I don't care about uh, marijuana. The drug war will continue. The number one most popular. I mean, they're talking about this feedback here and that their government's listening. It's government 2.0. Use the web now to communicate with them. Uh, They did. People use the web to let this person know and his administration know that this was the most important issue on the, the people that use the Internet's minds. They want to know about drug reform. They want to know about ending the war on marijuana. And they basically said, yeah, screw you. It's a point oh release. Be careful. What did you say? 2.0 release? It's a point oh release. Oh, a point oh, I don't under, oh, what I don't understand. Is it like a well, beta reference well, yeah, or something? Well, in software, a point oh release is usually very buggy because it's an all-new mm-hmm. product. And... Uh, this t- to me sounds like Windows Vista. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Government 2.0, according to Strategy Labs CEO Peter Corbett, he says to me is very much about figuring out how to harness technology and citizens to figure out how to figure out problems faster. That's right. He repeated figure out that many times in one sentence. We can't go through this two-year-long procurement cycle to build a two w- uh, to build a way too expensive system where there are much more agile ways of going about it. Corbett was among the first to help spur interest in this trend. His organization, iStrategy Labs, created a project called Apps for Democracy for the Washington government. The project offered a little bit of fame, a little bit of fortune, to developers willing to create a computer and mobile applications to stall- solve issues in the D.C. area. After 30 days, the contest resulted in 47 web, iPhone, and Facebook apps. A collection of programs valued at $2.3 million to the city cost only $50,000 in prizes. Those who initiated the project used uh, publicity for the developments as the primary incentive. The project then drew the attention of the U.S. Army, which ran a similar contest that created more than 35 apps. These programmers should be ashamed of themselves. Why is that? They're working for the state. Well, they they don't look at that way, Ian. No, they want to get the money. Well, they want the uh, the fame that comes with it, too. In D.C., the resulting apps were developed based on what the developers thought the D.C. government would find useful, such as an application that shows the nearest metro station and a geo-positioning program that shows the user how dangerous neighborhoods are or that uh, that he or she is traveling in. I don't think the government uh, really wants you to know that their, their <laughs> neighborhoods are dangerous. I'll bet there's a web link in there to the Free Talk Live webcam. Yeah, I bet it's not. (laughs) This is all about how we can harness the passion and talent of our citizens to solve our problems, said the central planner. He added, that might sound really simple, but typically a government will spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, building these things, and they don't have to spend anything on them. That's really what this is all about. And he may be right about that, and I guess it's not accurate to call him a central planner. Maybe he wants to be one, but he's, he's like somebody who's trying to help the government from the outside, basically. The project's proved a theory through Government 2.0, or that through Government 2.0, pressing issues could be solved without having to spend millions of dollars and wait for two or more years for products to be completed. And actually, if you take a look at the government and their internet divisions and their various bureaucracies, it's pretty rare that you'll see projects getting completed. Like the the FBI, for instance, I think last time I looked was still trying to figure out email for, you know, like to get it. They to probably work. have figured out in the Obama administration, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't either. Some some government bureaucra- uh, bureaucracies seem to be better at it than others, but in general, uh, these 
IT technology product projects that they take on tend to switch out IT directors multiple times throughout the entire process because they get so frustrated with the hamstringing of the bureaucracy that they just throw up their hands and they say, screw this, Walk out. I'm out of here, and then the new guy's got to come in and figure out the mess and try to change things. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can, again, bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. And uh, join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find a lot of stuff there, a lot of features, all free. And those features include things like our news updates, listening options, and more. Go and enjoy over at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into the program, and get on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Go and get on uh, and get the perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Just a few more thoughts here about the government 2.0. It's going to change everything. We're going to upgrade our websites. You can comment. You can send us email. Sounds so perfect. <laughs> right. So instead of me leaving a voice message that will be ignored, now I can spend more time and more energy typing to you. <laughs> you know, and th- the idea that you're going to take a group of people that have a monopoly, that have no incentive, excuse me, that, that are not incentivized in the same manner that the marketplace will incentivize people to perform and expect them to somehow just suddenly get efficient. It's not going to happen. Lipstick on a pig, would that be an appropriate uh, phrase for this? Uh, because they're talking about all these these cosmetic changes, right? I mean, it's true. Certainly some government websites look better now than they have in the past. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt that, you know, that, that, uh, that they brought some some whiz kids in and they, they actually got to work and, 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 and made things better. Of course, a lot of... Uh, a lot of web packages you just plug and play. You don't actually. They didn't have to probably likely program uh, some of their things from scratch. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, several government 2.0 initiatives. This from the EpicTimes.com followed long, uh, not long after the revamp of the White House website and those things, including the publishing of the Open Government Directive. I want to know where this uh, this this transparency where things going to happen. It's when, coming, Mark. When the uh, you know the Senate's supposed to put it, or the, excuse me, the the Congress is just supposed give to put them its, ten years. Yeah, to put its bills online for the bills three days online. or something. You can look. You can read bills online. That's been up for a long time. They had something something that he was talking about precisely. So they created the Open Government Directive and the creation of data.gov. More recently, the government launched challenge.gov that poses current issues within different government agencies and offers cash prizes for solutions. The information movement has also spurred better collaboration within the government, according to Steve, Steve Ressler, the president and founder of GovLoop. That's the guy that put together the, uh, the pro-government uh, rally. 
the United States is about a third of the way into a 10-year movement to bring government 2.0 into the mainstream of all government agencies and departments. GovLoop, created in 2008, saved. is a social network for the government community, created with the intention to spur better cooperation and collaboration within the government. It's drawn more than 37,000 government employees. <laughs> he says that, quote, there's a ton of potential for government 2.0 to make the government more effective and efficient. Potential isn't actually... Yeah. Results. Right. Uh, Resler said via email, he added, individuals are starting to bring these concepts back to their agencies, and there are lots of pilot projects that are starting to become mainstream. So this is it. Adding a web element is the solution to making government more accountable, uh, to making government more efficient, and to just just generally making government better. Yay! Government (laughs) 2.0! It's just... (laughs) Well, you know, I I I guess if we're going to have a government, I'd like to see it using computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I don't I just don't imagine that it's yeah, going it's to 20, do anything else. It's 2010 and now finally the the government websites are getting out of the 1990s, right? Yeah. At least so. they can type, too. Uh, yeah, I can't say I have the same level of excitement here that uh, Steve Ressler and his buddies do about the government becoming any different or in any significant fashion. I think it is a total lipstick on the pig thing. Just because the, the White House or the military or whatever have fancy websites doesn't mean that anything has changed on the inside of how these organizations operate. And it certainly doesn't mean the fundamental fact about what government is has changed. You may be able to make their websites look pretty. You may be able to have a little contest where people design new applications for their websites. Uh, But you have not changed the fact that this is an agency, an organization of human beings that uses force, aggressive force against other human beings that have not harmed other people. And anytime you have a situation like that, regardless of what their web presence is, uh, anytime you have a situation... (laughs) It's the mob (laughs) with websites. That's absolutely right. Anytime you have that situation where human beings are using aggressive force against other human beings, you will have consequences from those uh, from those acts of force, and those consequences will be damaging to everyone's freedom, to the economy in general, and it's not going to improve anything because government sucks. You know, he had this little rally that government doesn't suck. Government does suck. It sucks off the productive people, the people that are actually out there creating uh, valuable products and services for people out there who actually want them. You know, it's funny when people start to talk about how something doesn't suck and they feel the need to say that. It's usually because it does. It's a desperate attempt, isn't it, Wayne? I mean, the, the I'm not yelling idea. at you, Ian. Right. <laughs> It's it's a really just a sad statement on exactly how bad these government guys uh, how how they're being how they feel like they're being perceived by people. I think it's it's you know bad for them, but it's great for us. It's I think it's a validation that people do realize these government people are not necessary and that they are extraneous and that they are just literally just leeching off of people and they're not providing anything of value. Because if they were really providing something of value, they could do it in the marketplace like the rest of us do. We still we have an increasing amount of uh, number of people who are basically living off the system. And so we have an increasing number of people consuming wealth, a decreasing number of people creating wealth. That's not good. For what does economy. that lead to? Not good. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Dylan is in, uh, let's see, Arizona, I believe, on the amp lines. Hello, Dylan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, hey. I just wanted to mention uh, the other night you were talking to Michelle and she, she suggested that polygamy was uh, – was legal in Utah, and it's not. It hasn't been since Utah became a state. In fact, that was a condition of statehood. 
that the uh, the church fathers come down with this edict that basically said uh, polygamy was no longer tolerated by the church. Yeah, that that thing we said about polygamy. Yeah, we were changing our mind. But does that does that include uh, where you government marriage? So in other words, there I, I understand there are still polygamists there, but they just don't officially get uh, government marriage. Correct. Well, yes, people do live that way, and to some extent it's tolerated. It really depends on the community that you're in, but officially it's illegal, and and, uh, there have been people who've been investigated and prosecuted for it. I think Uh, that's sad. How would they prosecute them if they weren't weren't married? They have statutes for it. Like Uh, if you you get a marriage within your church, for instance? I mean, if, if you... If you just get married without a government license, that would be... If you get married to more than one person, that would be illegal? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has to do with with occupancy or uh, adultery laws or fathering other children, you know, with uh, women, not your spouse, that kind of stuff. Because there's a new... They, they have ways of, of doing it. But, you know, the, the thing is that's, that's interesting to me is, though I'm, I'm an apostate Mormon and I... I've had nothing to do with the church since I was 12. Uh, what kind of Mormon? My... Apostate. A- yeah. Apostate Mormon? What is that? That means I've rejected the faith. But you're still a Mormon? No, I, I'm... Uh, Does that I mean am... I'm an apostate Christian? Because I one time yeah. was a Christian? I mean, yeah. it, seems, mm-hmm. it seems strange to say that you are something that you're not. <laughs> uh, well, I guess... Well, listen to my story. Here's why. I'm, just, I'm directly descended from the third president and uh, prophet of the Mormon church. And I owe my existence to some extent to polygamy because uh, his son left the state of Utah when the fathers came down with that edict uh, so that he could pursue his lifestyle. He had something like 13 wives. And uh, one of the uh, daughters uh, that was the product of one of the marriages was my grandmother. So uh, they went down to the Mormon colonies. That's what they call them now. Uh, there are these Mormon communities down in Mexico where uh, some of these polygamists live. It's part of the sort of network of these uh, communities that stretch from uh, Mexico all the way up to Canada, where these people sort of live underground in the old, the old way, the fundamentalist. Yeah, the FLDS. Way. Yeah, so it's it's just a subject that's sort of close to my heart, and I guess I feel like I'm sort of a Mormon in the way that uh, lots of Jews feel they're still Jews, even though they don't practice the I faith. See. I totally agree uh, that, 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 you know, in, in using this terminology, you describe who you, what, what you have been, um, and it gives people a, a reference, and I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with that at all. Now, was now what was the uh, justification for having multiple ma- uh, multiple wives? Oh, you know, it's just something that came down from uh, from the prophet himself. I imagine he liked the idea, and so suddenly it was the word of God. It seems incredibly difficult to me. I thank you for the call tonight, Dylan. Appreciate hearing from you. We are out of time. It's been Ian here. And Wayne. And Mark. All right. We'll be back uh, tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Welcome to Living Healthy Naturally with information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing. Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Duncan. Losing weight and then maintaining a healthy weight is an American obsession and one that I deal with constantly when I help my clients. The road to weight loss always needs to include exercise and a healthy diet. 
And one of the factors in a poor diet that people often overlook for weight loss is that a diet that lacks nutrients actually increases hunger. Getting more fiber in your diet is beneficial since fiber makes you feel full sooner and longer. Because it can be difficult to make sure you get all of your nutrients and fiber in your daily diet, Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice with the acai berry, which naturally contains fiber and protein. It also contains nutrients like a thousand percent of the daily value of vitamin B12, which helps your body convert carbohydrates into energy. Acai berry juice tastes fantastic and it's packed with a healthy combination of nutrients and fiber to help you maintain a healthy body weight. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice to help maintain your fit figure every day. To learn more about living healthy, naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.